Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, we should host a podcast together. It's Arturo Zurita. Here for the, what is it, number 100, how, how did I forget, 100, 100, <laughs> the easiest number to yeah. remember. Woo! Exciting. Yeah, uh, long time coming, I guess you could say. And uh, it's not a intercut special episode without her. We've also got Amanda the Jedi here to celebrate the occasion. Thanks for hanging out with us, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me on this momentous occasion that I do not at all feel like I belong on, but I'm here. <laughs> Amanda, you this is your 14th full oh, wow. episode with us. So that. you've been part of, like I think, a sixth or seventh of our True. episodes. Thank a good amount. Too. Yeah. You're 6% intercut. If you had an Ancestry.com, that's what it would come out as. Love that. Amazing. (laughs) In a little bit, we will talk about our origins and some of the movies we wish we could experience all over again. All sorts of stuff. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod or the audio feed available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media. It is at IntercutPod, that's Intercut P-O-D, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can catch us there. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. It makes me happier than getting to our 100th episode. It's awesome. Uh, Cheers. Also... Yeah, cheers to that. I think it's... It's that, been 45 cheers. seconds. YouTube won't care at this point, so... <laughs> Good to go. We've also got uh, two new things that are worth plugging here. 100 episodes in, we started a Patreon. Uh, that's the thing I think a lot of these podcasts yep. do at certain points. So uh, if you are somebody who wants to support us, if you like what we do... You can head over to patreon.com slash intercutpod and support us. We've got three tiers there uh, available at $1, 5 and $10. $5 gets you a shout-out on every episode. Uh, so if you want to get shouted out, if you want to get access to intercut episodes early, if you want to get access to intercut episode outlines early, make sure to head on to patreon.com slash intercutpod and support the show. Also... Check out our Discord. We started an intercut Discord in the description down below. Lots of movie chats going on intercord. over there. And a, <laughs> yes, the intercord, as Art likes to call it. Uh, the best place to stay up to date with ha- what's, what's happening in the intercut universe. So, whole bunch of new stuff going on for our 100th episode. But some things will remain the same. Art, let's get it started the way we do pretty much every week here with what we are watching what you been watching, buddy? We had a Tom Holland double feature. I know we're going to be doing an after credits for one of them, so let's talk about the one that I believe we may have collectively liked less. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> this is sure. the one that at least I know all three of us saw because I, I think yeah. Chaos mm-hmm. Walking isn't available in Canada yet. No, they blocked me off from that stuff. They're, They're so like, far nah. away. We, they can't get the signal over there, so Amanda wasn't able to get the link. But we'll talk about that one eventually. Cherry, though, that is available everywhere by the time this podcast comes out. Tom Holland, he was with the Russo brothers. They made the biggest movie of all time. They killed him in the previous bigger movie of that time. <laughs> and they almost killed him again in this one. It is based off of a true story. Everything um, but. I don't know yeah. if y'all... Yeah, everything but, practically. I don't know if y'all have read this story. I did. I did. How is oh. it? Oh. Um, the, the Russos kind of went out of their way to make characters more likable. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. There's not a, okay. I really don't think anybody is redeemable. There's also this element in the story of like him kind of not necessarily corrupting another person, but kind of being involved in someone else's downfall, which is not present in the book. It's kind of like that person kind of does their own thing on the side and they meet up again and it's all like, oh, cool. I'm also doing that thing that is ruining your life. Amazing. Let's mm. do it together. It's not bad. It's interesting. Uh, it ends a lot differently. It ends a lot differently. Okay. I don't know if you care about spoilers because it's like somebody's real life, but yeah, it's someone's real life. But uh, in case you haven't yeah. seen it, we'll try to not get into yeah. too many spoilers. But yeah. it is based off a true story about this dude who did serve in the military, and then you know while he was in the military, he or while while he was in the military, he went through all of this stuff, came back found a way to write this book while he was in prison, tried to option off this book and wasted all of his calls in jail until the Russo brothers yeah. picked up the phone and, and got it at the cheap, yeah. I want to say. And now they turned it into what they call an independent movie because to, to yeah. the Russos, that's a that's a different word for them. Yeah. <laughs> and they made this movie that they, uh, they're, they'll be releasing on Apple TV. As we know, Tim Cook. Tim Apple, he said he only releases the best of the best on Apple TV, the only the stuff he show for his family. And uh, <laughs> clearly he wants to scare his children to make sure that <laughs> yes. they do not touch drugs scare of any straight. sort yeah. or hang out with Tom Holland ever again. Yeah, um, exactly. Zach, your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's a very curious decision on the behalf of the Russos, right? They are coming off of the highest grossing movie of all time. All time. Uh, at one point, Steven Spielberg had the highest grossing movie of all time in Jurassic Park, and he used the clout from that to help get Schindler's List made. At one time, James Cameron had the highest grossing movie of all time with Titanic, and he used the clout from that to fund deep sea expeditions in his submarine and then Avatar. So Russo's following up Endgame with this really stylized movie that is very loosely related to the opioid epidemic that looks Mm -hmm. more like a Nike commercial than the docudrama that it seems to aspire to be is just a very strange choice to me. It doesn't it would make sense if this was like a very personal story to the Russos, but in every interview that I've seen from them, they're just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're also from Cleveland, so you get it. (laughs) It's it's just it yeah. rings very false to me. It feels like they are they see this as a, a good setting to do a bunch of cool stuff. They get they get their drug movie, they get their war movie, they get their bank robber movie all in one. And it kind of ends up feeling like none of them are justified in being yeah. in this movie. Yeah, because it's like two and a half hours long. Yeah. It is a hefty movie. They're trying to yeah. make an epic yeah. that, you know, they I figured what's going to go to award season and stuff. I will say the actors give it their <laughs> all. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, they do. Tom, Tom Holland said that he always likes to dedicate, you know, one movie to his grandpa, you know, and then the rest that make the money, the rest that are Spider-Man, the rest that gets him out there. But he said this is that one that he dedicates to his grandpa, the, the type of movie that, you know, he feels is going to last a while, that type of drama that, again, would have been probably big in award season, be it any other year. And... I, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't think it was a mm-hmm. bad movie, but it tries to do a lot, like Zach yeah. said. And it's interesting what they decide to focus on less than other things. Like they will take their sweet time on the bank robbing things to the point that it feels like they kind of want you to. They're telling you don't do it, 
but also the Russos own a, a costume shop. And but wouldn't it be dope it if you look like Tom Holland <laughs> yeah. uh, in his costume? Look at all the co- different costumes we're giving you the way he robs things. Uh, dress yeah. like that for Halloween. Don't do anything dealing with uh, drugs. But also, here's every step-by-step on how to do so. I was talking to Zach about this. And also, especially. it feels awesome. Tom Holland just said so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't want to be a prude or anything, but I had to search up the MPAA rating on this only from the factor of the way that that our rating system in America has certain sexual acts and words be so explicit that it becomes NC-17. Yet the amount of drug use that they're able to do in this movie, completely fine. I think kind of adds to the point that they may have thought they were trying to make. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's they spend all this time on that. They spend all the time on the war things. And then there are other aspects of it, I would argue, like with prison. Well, they just gloss right over it. This is, this is the best part. And it's like yeah. what they decide to focus time on kind of shows you what kind of narrative they're really trying to push. Like Amanda said, it's very yeah. different from the book. They make different changes to it. And if there's one thing the Russos have been, I guess, criticized with Winter Soldier, with uh, Civil War, is having certain political points that they like to push. I do not think they are absent from this movie. I don't think they're absent from the press runs that they've been doing for the movie either. But I don't think they're as effective as they think it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I can agree with that for sure. I, I feel like they've been really been trying to focus on like the opioid epidemic part of this. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I-, I felt like the military part was the more compelling thing because, like, we've seen the like, yeah, the military shit, but like, I'm still a hero type thing. It's not as common to see the military story being told from someone who's like disillusioned before they even get overseas. Like, it's before it mm-hmm. like everything feels fake. Everything feels like people are just playing characters and roles and all of this craziness. So mm-hmm. I thought that was way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Like when I read the plot for this, I thought that that was going to be the part that disinterested me. And that ended up being like the more interesting part to me, because then after that, it kind of turns into a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I, that's that's a thing. I, I found a lot of the dynamics they tried to sell as really unbelievable in the way it was presented. They tried to show him as a, a guy suffering so heavily from PTSD that he becomes this junkie. But I, I didn't get that impression from the way they portrayed the PTSD. They tried to portray his girlfriend as suffering so much from their life together that she also turns to drugs. Rather than leaving. And it felt, <laughs> it felt so sudden and uncalled for in, in the, the moment that they change her character in that way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I just was kind of out on their whole progression. I, I, yeah. I have to the buy that they actually get to that point, you yeah. know, and I, I yeah. at no point did I really feel like it rang true, which brings me back to Tom Holland because we we praised his performance. You guys praised his performance. I would also say that he's very compelling in this movie. He's a char- charming on-screen presence. There is something that rang hollow in the movie, and I, I to an extent that is the movie that the Russos wrote. But did this movie feel? make you feel at all like Tom Holland's ceiling is a little bit limited in terms of the types of roles he maybe could do? His Peter Parker voice. <laughs> right at the beginning. It's a little he's bit robbing weird. a bank, dude. And yeah. He squeaks it's in. Like, it's not even, you can't really say it's Tom Holland's voice because he's, he's putting on the, that American yeah. voice. Yeah. But it, it's very much the Spider-Man voice. It, it yeah, has me worried for what he's, he's going to be doing with uh, the video game one. 
Like, I already th- didn't think he looked enough like Uncharted. Nathan Drake. Yeah, and, and to think that he just may not have the voice in it either. Uh, Chaos Walking would have been the other feature that came out. I know Zach uh, gave it a 10 out of 10. And at <laughs> least in that one, he fit the character. In this one, it I like his performance because... Honestly, it's just the physicality of what they put him through. I agree with Zach. It is a true story, yet the way that they tell it cuts out so many things that it leaves you wondering why the parents of certain characters aren't doing much when they're threatening yeah. their hardest to defend their kid, yet it's, yeah. it's so easy to move on to the next scene. It was very showy in, in, in kind of like... It's almost like a parent who tries to teach their kid what not to do. So they take him downtown to the city. They take him to the slums <laughs> and be like, do you see this? Do you, do see, you this? see this? Yeah. Don't become this. Yeah. And then they sold it to uh, Tim yeah. Cook and put it on Apple TV. Yeah, I, I definitely got that vibe. But it's it's like one of those things that it's it, it's so long. But at the same time, there wasn't enough time for everything that they tried to do with it. So like, it I don't know how that happens. It would have excelled as like a mini series, probably, if you wanted to make it. Even though the book is relatively short, mm-hmm. um, but then they choose to add things, so that takes up more of their screen time. Um, like I said, this might be something you want to cut, but like in the book. She's just like doing heroin down in Florida and then they like meet back up again after he's back from the military after. And then they're just mm. kind of like, go get your HIV test and then we can do it again. Sheesh. Like that's it. Like that's that. much I, different. And that was definitely emotional rem- manipulation on the part of the Russos to like really Easily. pull it. Yeah. Do y'all, do y'all remember the movie Thank You for Your Service? Yeah. That was another movie that kind of tried to cover what was going on here about these soldiers that go off to war. And when they come back, you know, they also kind of have uh, a similar thing where they're just trying to get by. They don't have the benefits for what the military has given them. And I think that's where the movie feels so sloppy in this sense where it's like, I don't understand how you're blaming the military. But the prison systems, that will be the thing that, <laughs> that fixes you. Yeah, like that um, was so weird. It's very confusing what they were yeah. going for in the movie. But again, I don't think it is a terrible movie, an overly no. long film that uh, definitely was uh, a parent trying to tell their kid to not do meth. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think, you know, it's a lot of effort in in service of not much. You know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. try all these things. There's all of these... Uh, tricky cinema things where they break the fourth Why'd wall. Why they do that? They have text on the screen. Superimposed, the, yeah. They have that yeah. cherry filter that goes yeah. over stuff and crazy drone shots. It's, but it all like, just feels yeah. like it should be in a Marvel movie, not a movie about addiction and yeah. PTSD. But stuff like that, I felt like, honestly, some of the flashy editing was what made it like... I watched it twice because I watched it and then watched it again so I could make a video. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of made it like interesting in some ways like especially the military i found with the military stuff it worked really well with the stuff on screen and just to really Mm -hmm. just drive home how like weird it was but then like later on Mm -hmm. it felt weird i think i described it as like in the beginning it felt like there were so many random one-liners that it felt like a like somebody's tumblr feed like he's just saying all this stuff Uh it's like i a tree would have to be really messed up for me not to like it and just like all these different things aspiring high school yearbook quotes exactly but just like back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. but yeah Kyle was in this yeah. movie. Super duper Kyle. He yeah, I spied with I, his little eye. Wait, who he was, was the dude in the Kyle? car right at the beginning? One right? of the really? friends. Amazing. That I didn't was him. Know that. Okay, okay. I didn't even know yeah. that. It's got, so it's got a pretty big cast as, I mean, he goes through yeah. three chapters, really. Uh, Jack Rayner. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Holy smokes. 
Yeah. He is in this movie too. Damn. Okay. It should have been a miniseries. For what the Russos were trying to do, I think that would have been a lot better because they really wanted to. I know. Yeah. Zach would not have sat there for five hours for five episodes. But at, at yeah, least two, two and a half might have been too much already. If you're already spending this much time with these characters, at least flesh it out to a point where it doesn't feel rushed when it's already dragging. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's little moments here and there that we're missing. Should we shift to Tom Holland's other big release, Chaos Walking? Uh, I know we were, we're going to do an after credits for this one, but... Oh, right, yeah. So so we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Zach just then. wants to let you know how much he loves it. His inner voice <laughs> is fighting to come out. I want to watch it so bad. Like, it's just so ridiculous. And, like, the production behind this movie, I, I just insane. need to see it. I He's need not to even see doing it. promo for it. Yeah. Ugh. You have to watch the Cherry promo and try to see if anyone sneaks in a, a question in there. But, yeah, Amanda didn't get a link. She she needs to go to the U.S. She needs to go to the U.S.-Canada right. border. They, they, they don't let people who are from Canada watch Chaos Yeah, Walking. they literally, they bopped it off to E1 Entertainment. And they're like, sorry, it's not here yet. And I'm like, that's why I need the link. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we, Art and I were able to catch Raya and the Last Dragon, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time you want to spend spend on it, but I thought it was pretty delightful in terms of these, like, kind of action-adventure Disney animated things. I think I have it in around the same league as I do, like, the, the Big Hero 6s, maybe some of the not all-time classics, but a, a really delightful adventure with creative characters. I, I like the way that it incorporates all of this this uh, like South Asian lore mm-hmm. into these different stories. It's got also a really delightful uh, Aquafina vocal performance in kind of the side comic relief character. You didn't like that as much? She was in the movie? I, th- I think she's really funny in the movie. What was uh, your line? In, in the way that the movie asks her for it. I mean, I, that, I don't have... Wait, Art, really you're gonna you're gonna but. do him like this after arguing to get her into that like age thirty to forty category? You're gonna do exactly. No, I think this. I was arguing for. Her. I wanted to. He was arguing for it because because he was just like, no, she's in a she's in a Disney movie. I was like, what? Raya? Who does she play? The Last Dragon. <laughs> we'll bring. This I, I don't up think she was terrible, yes, but um, you know, it, it, she's definitely playing. You know, like what what Mushu was back in uh, Mulan, what Genie yeah. would have been in Aladdin. Disney's always trying to have that quirky the side character. Of these characters. Mm-hmm. Exactly, where yeah. it's taking place during a, a, a certain time period, but that's the character who breaks the boundaries and is making jokes about current times and stuff like that. Um, I know a big factor of the movie was that they shot it at home. Like a lot of animators were working from home. They had the actors in there closets recording like it was us youtubers so that is a very interesting part of the movie and the movie making behind the scenes uh especially because there's four directors on this but one of them really stood out because it's our boy who directed blind spotting it's a boy who's got um, uh yeah summertime coming out this this uh summertime supposedly uh definitely check that one out i agree with you with it being big hero six realm because while they are marketing it as kind of a Disney princess movie, they also don't want to say fully Disney princess because they do want it to be an action movie. I think what they kept mentioning yeah. was the inspiration of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of Dragon Ball Z epic finding of the stones as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was okay. I thought it was a, a fun little movie. And I think the best part of it is the the visual elements to it more than the dialogue or the characters. And mm-hmm. it had a very interesting ending. What it's telling you to do in terms of trust <laughs> I will yeah, say that I, 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 the ending worked for me. I, I liked it. It's classic Disney. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, I know you also caught Moxie, which is available on Netflix now. Yep, I bl- this is the one with uh, Amy Poehler. This is <laughs> what they spent the finale of the Golden Globes writing up in their arms so that they could shout it out. And mm-hmm. it, it takes place during... Uh, I don't know if it's based off of anything, but it's a bunch of girls who go to this high school where every character is just written to be the worst possible thing. You know, if there is a jock, he is not just a bad jock. He is like going to taunt you to a degree that is just absurd. The Dean definitely not going to help you in any way, shape or form. What's the internet? You're being harassed. I don't know what that means. I think that the first half of the movie tries really hard in making the bad characters bad. Then it also tries to make some of the good characters way too perfect and it isn't until the second half of the movie that I actually did like a lot of elements to it because it is um, the main girl. Her mom is played by Amy Poehler. And when she grew yeah. up, she had her own kind of group thing going on. And that's what she ends up creating in secret, which is this group called Moxie. She leaves these little poster cards all over the place and all these girls unite and join in to, you know, go against all of the bad stuff that's happening at the school. And I really like that element of it. There's obviously a lot of cliche moments when it comes to the friends. You know that the two friends are going to fall apart because one of them doesn't really want to be a part of this secret moxie group because they don't want to ruin their uh, scholarship chances. But uh, again, if it wasn't for that really rough first half, which I think kind of takes away mm-hmm. from the movie and what they're trying to say, because the more over the top you make these characters that are bad, it kind of... It kind of belittles what you're going for when you make them that unrealistic. And, it, and it's not that one or two of them or the things that they do don't happen in real life. But it's very clear that the entire script is meant to be every single moment of their lives is something bad. But it, it was the camaraderie aspect of it in the second half that I thought really worked well. Um, and there were some jokes here and there that I, that I thought were funny. But yeah, I figure from I personally Amy just give Puller, it like a stream it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Better at Mean Girls. I will say that. That was the one thing through the movie. I realized that they are a lot better writing the bullies <laughs> than they are writing yeah. the nice girls. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> there is that. Uh, the sentiment that I've generally seen around the movie is that maybe it's a, it's a little bit too sweet, a little bit saccharine. It is, though, kind of this young adult skewing teen comedy. So mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to ask you if you feel like, A, is it maybe too sweet? And B, is it sweet in comparison to maybe your like, Kissing Booths or your To All the Boys and other Netflix teen skewing movies? Uh, kind of. The thing is, it's just so cliche. There is a scene mm-hmm. in this movie that has been seen everywhere. And that is the girl sitting in class calling out the professor for the books they are reading. That has been done in like seven Netflix shows. I literally just saw it in Ginny in Georgia. It was oh, also in, uh, what's the other one that takes place in New York? Uh, with the school. The, oh, yeah, Emily in Paris. Even, Is it Grand Army? Grand Army did it as well. Yeah. There's like two movies this year that did it as well. Everyone is doing the same scene. And at that point, you start to realize... That's a writing thing. That's a creativity thing. There is nothing wrong with the points they are making. They're all just doing it the exact same way. And that's the one thing that I've noticed. Uh, A a lot of people would would cry and say, see, it's an agenda that they're doing. I was like, honestly, no, it's worse than that. They're just not creative. They're all just writing the exact same bit (laughs) over and over and over again. There's a certain point where the, the student being snarky to the teacher is just, it gets too repetitive after a while. Like, we've all seen Clueless. Like, we don't need this anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only thing. But other than that, I I would say it's the camaraderie aspect of it. There is a cute element dealing with a a relationship that's going on in the movie, this little back and forth. Uh, I liked it. 
I kept feeling like they were going to pull something on us. And then they do pull something on us. But it worked out well. Like, that was one okay. of the parts that I liked the most about the movie. The relationship that the main character has with her boy. And then, uh, again, like I said, the camaraderie of the group that uh, gathers together for the moxie. So, it's less of... It's more like a like if this was a, a journalism class, like they because they're, <laughs> they do it in secret. But if this was like a journalism class that got together to fight against the establishment, that's the type of movie I would put it under. But again, it's a high school version of that movie. So Radio Rebel, that's what I would put it up with. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a good comparison. All right, cool. So Moxie available on Netflix now. Uh, is that out of the three that we just talked about, the one that you would recommend? Because you seem very <laughs> lukewarm. On all of them, honestly. I mean, they're all semi-streaming. I'd put Chaos just because there are moments in Chaos that I'll be thinking about for a while. Zach, don't get too happy. Don't get that happy. Don't get that happy. It's the best movie ever made. (sighs) Sorry, I've been drinking. (laughs) It's just just his his thoughts walking in Chaos as the movie starts. Eternal Sunshine, fucking forget about it. Oh, (laughs) man. All right, so uh, that's what we've been watching. Let us know what you've been watching in the comments below, on the Discord, by emailing us, intercutpod at gmail.com, whatever you wanted to. We're going to get into the interview where we take questions from intercuties like you. You all sent in a bunch of questions for us for this 100th episode Q&A, so we're excited to get to them. Uh, started out with something that's a little bit more about us, a little bit more general. Uh, JRC was wondering what our backgrounds are in terms of like education and experience in general and how we, we think it's been helpful or if we think it's been helpful in what we do currently. Art, I don't know if you want to kick us off. I feel like we all have varying, in terms of education, (laughs) degrees. Uh, I know you went to film school. I don't know if Amanda, you went to film school. I only went to part (laughs) film school. You know what I mean? So it's like we all have varying degrees in in terms of that. How it has helped, I'm going to be honest. It depends how you look at it. You know, I think when when a lot of people go to school, their biggest thing is you're either going to really get an education or you're going because you're going to try to network. Um, Mm -hmm. Then the Internet happened. Right. And all of that kind of I don't want to say went out the window, but it got transformed into something completely different. You are able to get Mm -hmm. your word out there to a completely different degree where you just needed your own camera and set up and everything. And you just needed that consistency and you learn over time on your own, you know, Um, I was raised on the YouTube tutorials. I knew how to mm-hmm. take that and have it become something else. And at first you'll have a lot of people who tell you, no, there is a certain industry standard to do it. It's avid. Fincher has edited all of his movies in Premiere since, <laughs> since well, what was it? Gone Girl, at least. Before Maybe. Gone Girl. By yeah. Gone Girl, yeah. he had made the deal. So it's like, there's another rule that goes in there besides the networking and making sure you're doing the studio standards, uh, the industry standards, and that's that it is always changing as well. And that kind of puts the other two out the window. And from that part, that's when I realized, like, uh, for me, the consistency of just uploading to the Internet and being able to have that self-made kind of just creating your own stuff, learning from your own mistakes, being able to have a community of people who aren't just watching you, but they're there to also critique you to a degree. Of course, with a lot of people who are there to give it to you just straight out <laughs> if because they want to see you fail, because they just want to be super nitpicky. You get it all. And I think uh, especially recently seeing a lot of other peers when it comes to them either writing for other outlets, when they start to do things on their own, 
I don't know if they could handle the same amount of criticism back. So if there's one thing that you don't learn in school is, I think, what all of us have gone through with being on a platform like YouTube. It's having hundreds upon thousands, upon hundred thousands, upon millions of views in some cases where you have those eyes on you and it, it changes the way you kind of, um, well, not just changes, but it makes you learn new things. It, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's, an, it's an experience that I, I don't think has ever been something that a lot of people have looked at when I started going to college. And now we have it in movies like The Kissing Booth yeah. where they're judging you on how your social media stance is, I guess. So I had part film school stuff that I went to in community college, took it from there, and then just started networking on my own. Met these suckers yeah. over here, did our own thing, yeah. and now we're here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I... As Art mentioned, I went to film school for college. Uh, I went to Drexel as a screenwriting major and did a film minor. And uh, when I was there, I started a film review radio show that formed into a TV show for for them. So I I kind of got into that stuff pretty early into like my college experience. But what I would say about all that experience and how it sort of impacted what I do now. Yes, it informs it. And, uh, you know, I like being able to draw on my experience in knowing the rules of screenwriting and having a good understanding of three act structure and taking the lessons I learned from being on sets. Or uh, I, I worked briefly at a agency out in California and taking the lessons I learned from there. I like being able to use that to inform what I do, but I don't think what I have have what my experience is is necessarily that special in terms of what it's allowed me to do. I think everybody brings their own experience into mm-hmm. this form of you know commentary mm-hmm. or criticism or whatever, and that gives everybody their own kind of angle on it that's really interesting. And for me, some of my, my favorite uh, criticisms or commentaries come from people who come from very disparate fields, maybe un- completely unrelated to film, and then are able to bring in that knowledge uh, into their criticism of something. So, yeah, it may be getting versed in some of that film terminology uh, has impacted what I do now, but I don't I know if that's necessarily, like, w- something that I would consider, like, a prerequisite mm-hmm. to what I do, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end um, of the day, it's it's how you speak to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's how you relate to people and how you relate to what you come across in art in general. Yeah, Yeah, and I'd say that's one of the reasons Amanda's channel has popped off. Uh, You know, it's just she has a completely different perspective to how you cover things. You know, YouTube has allowed people, as much as people want to complain about it, there's a thing you could do, which is just swipe and move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. She has provided a voice for people. I believe I provided a voice for people who may have not seen themselves in film criticism, not just to the degree of what we look like or what we represent, our own stances and things, just how we speak about things, how we talk about it to a degree where I don't want to say it's more passion than, say, something else, Mm -hmm. but it's more to the chase, I guess. It's, It's a different type that wasn't really considered to be something before. I don't want to go through all the accreditation <laughs> we've gotten over the years, boys and yeah. girls. But over time, you see it change, you know, just like the industry changes in and of itself. But, Amanda, talk your stuff. 
talk my stuff. Because yours has yeah. blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was just gonna say that I, I tend to talk about like the emotions I feel from things a little bit more than like the the actual like the structure of things. And there's I, I love hearing people talk about like how amazing something happened when like they did this with the camera and this with the music and stuff like that. I love hearing about that kind of stuff. But like when I watch things, it's always like the emotions that hit me first. So like from my education standpoint, I have a double major in criminology and psychology and a minor in forensic anthropology. I got nothing that touches this except I took uh, crime and popular film courses and kind of worked around that. So like that's always kind of where my angle is going at is a, a little bit more from like that aspect and how things are being represented in movies, not necessarily how the movie itself is being made, but just how certain themes and things are, are being shown and like how that makes the viewers feel. Uh, and that's kind of something that I like putting into to, to my own stuff. Like sure, I make a bunch of stuff where I just like dunk on things a little bit or just criticize like stuff that's like genuinely problematic. But like I also love talking about things that genuinely like elicit emotions in me. So I put that stuff forward uh, as well. And then, yeah, in, in terms of YouTube, it's just I, I kind of finally settled into an area where I was like, I just like talking about movies and TV shows and books. And I like reading the book and comparing it to the movie or the TV series and kind of going through what they chose to keep, what they cho choose to to get rid of and, and different things like that uh, and how different people approach different styles of media and uh, just kind of how that progresses outwards from there. So I would not necessarily say my education specifically helps with my channel beyond yeah. like I was, you know, I, you always have to do a lot of different writing yeah. and stuff. And if anything, it makes me want to, I, I will avoid pretending like I'm an expert on certain topics that I actually have like a degree in because I'm like not licensed to work in those areas. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that though, because your answer made me think of your psychology degree mm. and maybe that being so, uh, an influence into your focus on emotion and feeling. Yeah. Although maybe that's like the, the tail eating itself and maybe it's your interest in emotion and feeling that led to the psychology yeah, degree honestly, in the first yeah, place. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm super interested in all, all different th types of stuff like that. And I love to see how different sh movies and shows either portray how people behave as the result of certain actions, whether I think it's good or whether I think it's bad or whether I think it's handled properly or improperly, uh, different things like that are, are very fun. So there's there's something for everybody out there. Like if you're interested in mm -hmm. it, you can you can make your spot. Like it doesn't matter if you know what all of these different like frame rate recording things or aspect ratios and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You don't need any of that to talk about movies because movies are made for the wide population of people and that's you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and just speaking to some personal experience too, like Amanda, you know, I, I know you always uh, bring in sometimes your, your punk roots for when we talk <laughs> yeah. about movies like Dinner in America yeah. and art. I know you like to bring in your connections to education when we talk about movies like bad education mm -hmm. or stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, everybody's got some. some. Oh, yeah. I studied to there. be a teacher yeah. and then realize I didn't want to deal with kids. So now I deal with kids <laughs> on the Internet trolling me instead. Exactly. Oh, in religion. I, I, gotta, I mean, that, that's something that I'm yeah. very well well versed in as well. So that's something that I always find fascinating because that's that's damn. Is that a topic that doesn't get discussed? I mean, it's easy to dunk on the Snyder religious metaphors and stuff like that. But there's there's not as many critical think pieces that come from a religious perspective, because usually a lot of the intellectual perspective is very on the opposite and I would say yeah. so it's it's more so on human nature and such but I've always found the spirituality elements so a lot of things very interesting Minari would be a recent example where a lot of people love talking about um, 
the movie from a lot of different angles, but not a, a lot about you know the big percentage of the movie, which is religion. Um, and the only people who do talk about religion is sites I would not recommend, I guess, <laughs> uh, having grown up in that world especially. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Just the different perspectives that people bring to it. You mm-hmm. Film is subjective, so you can't be wrong about it. Yeah. Until you become that person who doesn't agree with you, and then all of a sudden we throw that word out the window. But uh, yeah, nothing can prepare you for it other than jumping in and doing it. So, absolutely. You and Graf left us another question in the Discord to the theme of our hundredth episode. If you would only have a hundred seconds to put together a montage of what film is to you. Which films and sequences would be featured in there? It's a little bit of a abstract, hard to answer question since we're not going to, you know, drag and drop clips into Premiere right now. But (laughs) in real time, Zach, I think we could come up with, you know, three or four moments or sequences that would definitely go into our montage. Art, I don't know if you have any off the top of your head. All right, so we got 100 seconds. That's a minute and 40. Yeah. Right. Can't even, man, I can't even get the full two minutes. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm doing here is that I'm dividing it by genres. All right. So I got docs, comedies, horrors, dramas, action, thrillers. Oh, game plan. Right? We're cutting that Jesus. by six. Uh, so that would be 10 seconds for each one. I don't know if I can think of four more things, probably performance-wise, because there's probably going to be a lot of dramas. And I would put 10 seconds for each one. So I would put my two favorite action movies. I'd pick... Five seconds from the raid, and then something probably from a Mission Impossible. You know, when it comes to a drama, I probably do something from Whiplash, and then I, I don't know whatever other performance. I definitely have five seconds of a Western in there. I would want my 100 seconds to be a capsule of every single genre in movies to just capture a little glimpse of of everything. I know five seconds isn't a lot, but if all I have is 100 seconds, I'm gonna make sure I get copywritten. Well, actually, it's, <laughs> if this is a capsule, hopefully it'll be safe from any copyright claims. So yep. I'll be able to use all the films in there. That would be me, uh, just to have a little bit of everything. Amanda, do you have any ideas? Uh, yeah, that's way more organized. I, I, yeah. I would definitely have something from Whiplash. I know I'd have something from Whiplash. I would definitely, uh, just for like my own funsies, have something from like Guardians of the Galaxy. I want something from Clerks. I want the moment where the painting is being set on fire in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, you know, I, I, I want that second glance where it's like not looking at the face and then face looking right back at you. I want that from Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I want I want some Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I want some social okay. network. And I want some scream. And nice. Awesome. Yeah. There we go. A- iconic iconic selection yeah, of movies I right so. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I'm thinking about building this, right? And if you got a a short-ish video, you might want to build it around like one or two audio clips. So for me, I go like, let's just take the I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore speech from network. Okay. And just intersplice that with some different uh, characters in, in moments of, of conflict, mm-hmm. right? So we, we, we can throw in uh, the Dark Knight cha- uh, car chase sequence. We can throw throw in uh, City of God, one of my favorite Ooh. movies, one of the gun, gun outs from that. We can throw in basically any Scorsese movie. Uh, and maybe, you know, if, if we got some time outside of just the network clips, I'll throw in some some emoting, some deep emoting from Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia because there's yes. no better movie of people just dumping their emotions out onto you than Magnolia. Who do you who do you got though? Are you gonna put Tom Cruise? Like like which character? 
I, I think you go with Julianne Moore's, how dare you? Don't you call me lady. You know what? We got 100 seconds. You know what they didn't say? There's three of us on the screen right now. I'd be putting one one quadrant for each film. Yes. There we That's go. All right, there so Zach go. said he yeah. would put Solves 60 seconds of Chaos Walking and then 40 yeah. seconds from Magnolia. It's just Tom Holland saying orange, space bag, orange. <laughs> but you goofy in that movie. <laughs> what else we got? Got a couple just specific asks. Rusty asks us on Twitter, did either of you guys finish slash like Mr. Robot. I have finished the first two seasons, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked the first season. I was kind of blown away by the first season. Love the first I season. A lot of people were. Uh, I don't know if it's just the long gaps in between seasons and how thick that show feels that I never like really feel ready to go dive back into it. Mm-hmm. I did eventually binge that second season. Thought it was great. It was like, all right, <laughs> I'm ready to be a, a Mr. Robot fan now. And and haven't watched another episode since. <laughs> no. Heard that third season's great, though. Yeah, I heard the third season is insane. I've caught the first two mm-hmm. as well, uh, working my way through the, to the second one. But by, by that point, we had started so many festival stuff. And, I mean, if you watch Intercut, you've seen the last 100 episodes. One festival ends, another one begins. Oh, there's movies coming out during the week. Hey, there's screeners for other stuff that's not even out What's yet. What's your South Did by you? Slate look, yeah. like, look like? <laughs> Just reserved Ooh. all over. <laughs> exactly. So that's my only reason... Always when it comes to TV, I'm always very late. I caught Atlanta, what, so far after? So, yeah, same thing with Mr. Robot, but no, I, that's the one that... I'm still trying to get you to watch Succession. Oh, wow. Zach, I finished the finale the other day Ooh. for season one. Oh, season <laughs> one, man? <laughs> you just I got, got so excited. so good. Bro, is so good. It's so <laughs> it's good. It's amazing. Is great. Okay. We're talking about that when we cut. We're yes. talking about that when we cut. When I finally get to Mr. Robot, um, I'm going to get too into it, though, because there I have a list of movies right here, um, which I'll get to. There Dang. are certain movies in there that got me really into ARG. Mm. Mr. Robot has some of the craziest behind the scenes, alternate looks at certain Ooh. scenarios because of the way that it deals with technology that I would be going down a rabbit hole that I'm hoping to find time for soon. And I know now that it's wrapped, um, I might want to get the box set. Like, I don't know if they have, they have a 4K box set for that, but that, that's a show that I would invest in for sure. I haven't watched any of it yet, but it's like one of those things that's just always on my list. I'm so bad at mm-hmm. watching television shows, like especially if I don't catch it when it starts. Mm. I'm just like, if there are yeah. any seasons, like, what do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Once those episodes start to pile yeah. up and it's like, I gotta watch twenty hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a That's little a bit harder than catching up on a movie that yeah. you've heard is good. Exactly, but we will. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Abby also asked us if we have talked about Bakurao, which I don't know if we actually did talk about Bakurao because I haven't caught it yet. It's the Criterion, my bro. probably biggest regret from twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I know. I literally have a tab open and minimized to the Bakurao page oh, wow. of the Criterion channel. It's been there for like three weeks and I refuse to close that tab because I really want to watch Baccarat but we got South by uh, we we, we got a lot of screeners man it's good yeah Uh, I know this one premiered at TIFF I want to say the same year was Parasite 2019 I think it was yeah what a stacked year it was stacked no, I think it's a really good movie uh, in the stuff that it talks about. And then I'm blinking on the homie's name who comes out, who actually plays a military dude. He was just in Blazing World as well. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Q, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on him, but I know that he's got a good amount of fans. He's got a nice little cult fan base as well that are willing to support mm-hmm. him and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. He kills it in yeah. the movie, and I really like what the movie's talking I know, about. Uh, Alice Braga, I nah, think, nah, you, or nah, is nah, it nah, Sonia nah. Braga? Uh, no, she would be the lead. She also does a great job. Um, but just what the movie's talking about and you know the stuff that happens in third world country. Thank you. Alina's got it. Udo Kier, that, that dude. He's also oh, in a South by yeah, movie yeah. coming up. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend it, Zach. Don't delete that yeah, tab. I, Open it up. <laughs> I consider myself to be a fan of Brazilian cinema in particular. Song like, I, I really like City of God. I've talked about Divino Amor recently on the show. So that I haven't caught up with this <laughs> yeah, makes me feel really like a fraud <laughs> it's good. right now. Yeah. yeah. Two inner cuties actually sent in the same question. Kaylin and Devesh both want to know if we have a favorite episode of the podcast. Uh mm-hmm. I feel like my favorite episodes are the ones where we're actually in the same room together. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Sundance ones yeah. where we can actually, you know, get together and talk about the movies. And maybe part of that is just that we're in Sundance together and that's fun. Uh, Art When Art did his road trip to New I York. I was about and it was to say. Us and Chase. That was a really fun episode. Actually, I, it was the opposite. It wasn't when I went to the East Coast. It was when I went to the West Coast. And we recorded an intercut with me driving down the 101 in <laughs> California. <laughs> I was I was coming in on, on what was at a, at a Skype call, practically. Yeah. Oh, wow. Coming down the we mountain. Had Ryan on, <laughs> we had Ryan on that call, and we were like, if art disappears, just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I did that intercut. Um, oh, and wow. then did all the other intercuts. Not with this bad boy right here. But I took this one. I took my original Chicago lamp all with all throughout my road trip, uh, and it ended up melting because it was in the back of the car in the West Coast. And by the time we were done, that thing was melted to a degree. Perry was fine throughout the entire trip, no problem. But uh, yeah, the the first one of these just absolutely melted. Um, so so those were memorable as well. <laughs> but I agree. I, it, nothing beats being in the same room. Mm-hmm. And then just being able to. I think we've done pretty movies. good at establishing the uh, Zoom Skype dynamic, but mm-hmm. yeah, nothing's nothing beats being in the mm-hmm. same room. Agreed. Amanda, th- those are your favorites. Oh yeah, too, like, yeah, actually... like the Sundance yeah. ones that are just so nice, and yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's gathered around. Even the five-hour one, in its own way, yeah, that... I'm already a little nostalgic for. <laughs> Eating a burrito in the middle of it, just great memories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Nindegua asks us, "What are some of your, f- what are some films that you feel are severely underrated that you always praise?" Ndegwa, let me tell you about a little movie called Chaos Walking. It stars Tom Holland. <laughs> no, but actually, sort of related to Chaos Walking, and, and part of the reason that I am maybe even defending Chaos Walking is I feel like sometimes critics are unfair to movies that are known to be over budgeted. And I think that's why John Carter got a bad rap. And I know art that, doesn't agree with me on no, this. Yeah, that's what I think. What? John, <laughs> I think John Carter is just a really delightful, dumb sci-fi romp with some really effective scenes and a world that I was really compelled by. I mean, look, this is a story that's obviously the inspiration for so many of the sci-fi stories that we, we know and love today. Mm. I think there's a reason why a filmmaker like Andrew Stanton was drawn to it. I just thought it was a fun movie. Uh, and, and I don't know why I'm spending my time defending this one, of all things. 
but m- maybe better picks for the underrated. Uh, I'd say the works of Sean Durkin between mm. Martha Marcy Mar- May Marlene and The Nest, both really underrated movies. Solid. Adaptation. I know some people really, really love adaptation, but I kind of feel like that should be held in, in like the highest esteem. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best movies ever I made. Think it's great. Yeah. Um, and I don't see people really talking about this one anymore, but I was really affected by Son of Saul when that movie came out a few mm. years ago. Uh, and I just feel like the conversation around it has dropped off since it came out. So a few picks for movies that are underrated. I don't know if it, you got any. I'll go off of Zach's uh, defense of uh, oh overly big movies that are very goofy. Uh, Valerian and the 100 oh. Worlds or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts I'm, Luke Besson. I didn't mind that one. I know a lot of people hated it. I'm cool. I don't think it's a fantastic movie. No. But I think it's, it's a good fine. movie. I, I thought it was uh, an interesting look into this crazy world that he created where Rihanna was changing into different outfits. And you got Dahan and, uh, was it Delavine? Yeah. Going yeah. through all these crazy worlds. So uh, that would be my goofy pick. Never Jupiter Ascending. We always yeah. every time Zach talks about like the Mars movie, or I talk about this one, people Jupiter Ascending. No, no, <laughs> just got to make that clear. Sorry, as uh, the Oscar winner would say, no. So no, we're not talking about Jupiter Ascending. I've got I've got Somebody, a question for you though. Go ahead. For that Valerian, do you agree? There was like a big Reddit theory for a while that if you swapped the actors and passengers and Valerian, they'd become better movies instantly. If you had Dane DeHaan being the like weirdo unlocking Cara Delevingne from her pod and you swap mm. so that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt were the leads of mm. Valerian, the romance like because like they're trying to play Dane DeHaan up as a mm. like really like really suave. attractive like suave leading man type role yeah you know i see what you're saying i I think it would definitely help valerian because of the fact that yeah he doesn't fill that role it's like jesse eisenberg trying to be as menacing as he is as lex luther doesn't really work (laughs) i think it would benefit valerian it would uh for what it's already going for yeah it would completely change what passengers is and i've heard that theory that passengers is more of a creepy movie yes then that 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 would be a better story and i love how just adding dane dahan we don't switch what the script is (laughs) it just automatically all of us observe it as being creepier yes i agree cool Um, love it continue Underrated movies, it, just a term in and of itself. I, I know people have different viewpoints of it. Like, is does it mean it's actually rated under what it's supposed to be? Mm. Uh, does it mean like it's underwatched? So, you know, some of my favorites of the past have been Brigsby Bear. You know, I always talk about Brigsby Bear. I feel yeah. it's, you know, underrated to the degree that every time I put somebody else onto it and they, they're, you know, I actually have it here, that they're, uh, they give it the chance. I think they end up really liking it. So that's one that I always love to shout out in case people haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. Got Brigsby Bear. Another one that's a little bit older uh, that I wish just more people saw, Living in Oblivion. This is a movie mm. that I find to be absolutely fascinating. It is about filmmaking, gets all of the anxiety and also the love that you know comes with the craft, uh, how crazy all of it can be. I think it is a fantastic movie. It's playing up on movie. It's one of the other reasons why I feel the need to get movie, just to have a digital <laughs> version of this to watch at any point. Nice. I would add Loose into the mix as well. That was mm-hmm. a movie that yeah. I really love from Sundance. Didn't really blow up. You know, the more that we go to these film festivals, there's a lot of movies that sometimes, excuse me, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, yeah. they win it big. No one knows anything about them. So uh, I don't know if you yeah. remember any other ones, Amanda, but yeah, there's always those, those yeah. smaller movies you wish got more attention. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, Under the Silver Lake is one that I think oh. that not a, it, it's weird. It went, it was released in 2018, but then you couldn't really watch it until 2019, and then it actually got released in 2020. Like it was so mm-hmm. weird. And they for try to hide it. Yeah, it's so weird because like it's it's weird, but in a good way. Like it's got all these like crazy yeah. conspiracy theories going on in it. I thought yeah. it was really fun. Um, I swear I'm not trying to meme it, but like similar to Chaos Walking, I wonder just how much when a movie's release date gets yanked all around, people just kind of dismiss it by the time it comes out. Yeah, I can. I I don't think that's what happened with Chaos, but but I agree with you for Under the Silver Lake for sure. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Especially because of the conspiracies in that movie. Yes. Oh, my God. It kind of like adds to it. It makes you want to seek the movie out, which is what is happening in the movie as he's seeking things out. I agree. Uh, then I guess some like a couple of recent ones. I like Dinner in America a lot. I don't actually think anybody can watch it yet. I, it yeah. has a very rough like twenty first like first twenty minutes. Very rough. After that, it's just I loved it. It's so cute. And then Kajillionaire. I like. Yeah. It's just it's one of those ones. I feel like like it's kind of getting lost under the radar a little bit. Like a lot of people are seeing it, and really liking it. Some people hate it, but I I thought it was cute and I liked it and I wish it got more recognition. Shout out Miranda July. She got put yeah. on the boys list. Adrian Brody put her as uh, actress. What was it uh, of the decade? The century? Best, the best performances of the century so oh, wow. far. Miranda she, July made the list along with Eddie Murphy's performance in Norbit. Just beat him out. Brody is a king. Love it. <laughs> love it. I, I love that list. Uh, unironically, I really love that list. <laughs> <laughs> James asked if we could see a movie again for the first time, what movie would we want that to be? I feel like I got a couple answers to this one. The one that immediately jumped to mind was Mad Max Fury Road, just because of like the surge of adrenaline and the rush uh, that that movie was like to me, no movie felt more like being on a roller coaster than watching Mad Max Fury Road for the first time. So I would love that experience all over again. I also, uh, part of this is that the, that I got to see both of these at the Toronto F- Film Festival the first time that I ever went to the Toronto International Film Festival, but seeing Nightcrawler and seeing Whiplash mm. at that festival and the kind of pit that develops in your stomach during Damn, the climax bro. of both of those movies, you know, watching the, the car chase and Nightcrawler and just being like, what is what is going to happen mm-hmm. or, or, or feeling uh, that, that surge of worry and, and I don't know, weird pride at the end of Whiplash. Those are just special feelings that I don't know if re-watching the movies you can quite replicate in the same way. So those were those were some of the ones that uh, really jumped to mind. And, and then I'd also throw in Usual Suspects was like the first movie that I saw as like a teenager to kind of just blow my mind. It's like, oh, movies can do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that was also like a, a cool moment. Nice. I definitely agree with both Whiplash and Nightcrawler. Like I was looking at my collection and I was like, that experience would be amazing. It I just, has to be. Yeah, I watched mm-hmm. Whiplash so many times after I first you saw got it. it too. Just continuously. It was so good. And Nightcrawler is just one of these like just mind-blowing experiences. Otherwise, mm. though, um, kind of similar, I would love to re-experience Portrait of Lady on Fire, but in the exact setting I saw it at TIFF at the Bell Light Box with the perfect acoustics, and I'm just sitting there yes. alone in the middle, just bond. That's great. I want, yeah, I want to recreate that. Uh, and honestly, I'd like to recreate the feeling of seeing Scott Pilgrim again for the first time because I was just so delightfully awesome. surprised and enjoyed it. Like it was just, 
just a genuine joy. Yeah. Uh, I still remember where I was sitting for Whiplash. I still remember how my back was for the last 40 minutes of that movie. That would definitely be one with the same four guys who were also in the theater because it was just us. Nobody else. I want the same people there. (laughs) A movie that I didn't get to see in theaters, uh, 12 Angry Men, one of the very Mm -hmm. early ones that I, I, if I had the opportunity to have caught that one for the first time in theaters, I think that would have been a fantastic experience. There's plenty that I would have wanted to catch in the proper format, IMAX, uh, you know, Tenet this year. Uh, a lot of Nolan movies that I wish, mm. you know, I would have caught in their proper formats um, when help. they were originally released. I <laughs> <laughs> still want to catch it. Um, I, some of the other ones that I just have here, Phantom Thread would be a mm. fantastic movie to catch uh, for the first time. You guys had mentioned Portrait. Mm-hmm. I'd also throw in Parasite for the oh, first time. Yes, Nothing Parasite beats being again. able to experience, you know, all those yeah. tonal shifts, the way that they go. Uh, let's see. I have Space Jam on Steelbook, uh, on Blu-ray, uh, yeah. on VHS to experience that in a musky 90s yeah. theater that is jam-packed to the brim with the popcorn all over the place. That'd be a great But with that, you also kind of have to be a kid again. Like, I don't want to experience watching it for the first time again now. I want to be 17 in the backseat of a minivan with, like, sticky... 17? Like a... uh, Seven. I meant seven. (laughs) (laughs) Zach graduated back in... (laughs) Before Jordan got his rings. Yeah. Look, for me, I I would say... um, I don't care. I'd be 50 watching Space Jam. What I am very nervous right. about, I will say, is Space Jam 2. I am Two. so scared. So I just scared. need to make sure I put it on the record right now. I am nervous as can be. If there is one movie, I've not gone back to theaters at all. Oh. They say they're giving you the option to rent out a whole theater. Yeah. They're doing it's a lot year. of money. It's a lot of money. Bucks. 200 bucks. There's two movies I would do that for. Everything Space else I'm Jam watching 2. at home. Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2. Uh, and it's not possible because it's not rapid. Uh, Mission Impossible Seven. That thing's done. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going. I'm renting out that theater. I was debating just doing that to watch like a movie I've already seen again. Just <laughs> you just wanted to go bring your GameCube, your Wii, and just play it up on no, the big screen. No, I was like, I'm gonna watch Promising Young Woman, Jesus and the Black Messiah. Like, yeah, let's just, go. If if I were to go back to the theater, it's about to be a year. I think it's, the year's probably already elapsed, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I would want it to be for Space Jam Two. I'm willing to give this movie my all, but I'm very nervous it is not going to give it back to me. I'm very, very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so I am just setting myself you... up for disappointment right now gotcha. so that I can't have my heart broken. Are you not boycotting over Pepe Le Pew? Is he in it? No, they, he's, he's they not. They bounced him, Oh, he got caught? He got, they axed him. There, there was apparently going to be a scene where LeBron James taught Pepe about consent. <laughs> But they, they instead asked him and the character. That was the uh, that came from the Max Landis script, right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> what are we even answering anymore? That was uh, movies you want to see for the first time. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, any more movies that you want to see for the first time? You you had a bunch art. Minority yeah. Report. Min- oh, solid, solid. Yeah, the others. My mom loves that movie. The others? Yeah, she loves. She that. got great taste. I know she's great. The good, the bad, and the ugly. If I could see this in theaters, oh, that would have been a fantastic experience to have. Um, and then, of course, the original raids. Mm. I say the originals because I'm already assuming that the remake is ready to go. 
Yeah. yeah. I'd like to have been in that showing where the people thought the train was coming out of the screen. <laughs> Bro. I'd like to have watched that for the first time. Wizard of Oz when the color changes. Ooh. Bro. Damn. Hate that movie. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I've always hated it. Damn. Like, like you have an active distaste for it. Like people bring it up in conversation. You you feel your mood. You're like nauseous. Not necessarily get worse, but it's like my mom bought it and was like, here's this. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I didn't like it. I don't know why. Even Oz the Great and Powerful? <laughs> took me a second and then Mila Kunis just, whew. <laughs> I'm gonna take that one as a no. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think well, they're working. Well, they're also working on the Wicked movie, so uh, you won't be yeah, able to escape are. it, Amanda. Sadly, will, <laughs> I know it's a property I that can't. will always be here. Oh, I know. Good for them. <laughs> All right, um, I'll throw out that I I would want to watch Memento again for the first time. Damn. So much mm-hmm. of that is contingent on memory. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah, oh, and, and just the experience of like what is going on. Yes. Yeah. Tushar sent us in a bunch of questions, picked some of my, a couple of my favorite ones. Uh, first of all, if you could change one thing on the YouTube platform, what would it be? I think we have two great people to ask about what they would change about the YouTube platform. Art, I know you have a lot of things that you're frustrated about with the YouTube platform right now. You made a whole video about it recently mm-hmm. over on Let Me Explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could pick one, is there something that you would change? No, it's perfect as it is. Don't change it. If I yep. wish for anything, then I'm pretty sure it's going to end up worse. If there's one thing I've learned on YouTube, it's that. But hopefully uh, copyright gets better. Yeah. I'm trying to I, I'm trying to think outside the box, maybe, because the thing that comes to mind for me is I'd love it if you could update a video. Mm. which does not seem to be a feature that I think that was like something that was talked about in like the early days of YouTube. It's like, yeah, you could fix things and add annotations and stuff. And they seem to have completely shifted. They let you blur things and they let you cut things. But it's so weird that like if somebody copyright claims part of your visual video for visuals, you can't just blur the visuals and let the audio keep playing Mm. through. You have to cut the whole thing. That would be great. I wish you could just blur. I wish you could just nexus just do nothing or just swap in for something else i get that on their mind it's like well you could have all these positive video comments about something and just throw in nazi imagery or something it's like yeah well you would catch that and you would ban the video like yeah you would then catch that you would be overseeing it because now it would come out as a new video on your algorithm that would be getting reviewed specifically in that segment you're Mm -hmm. not twitter you already allow edited comments and if anybody was liking those what does it do when you pin a comment if it's a fan's comment and they edit it it, it automatically like, unpins it. Yeah. Automatically. So you already have those safety measures. Yep. You already have it that when it's edited, you can click to see what the original thing was. I don't think it's that different for a video. In fact, it would be way more helpful to be able to fix things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, will there always be loopholes? That's the biggest thing with YouTube. They make it so much difficult for the creator who's trying to do things yeah, because they they're trying to stop the yeah. people you know, who want to take already, advantage of it. But they're already taking advantage of it. So it doesn't matter if you make the loopholes like they are. They yeah, don't care because they can just flood it with content. They don't care if they have to re-upload the same video. That's why we can't have nice things. Again. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, I do wish they give us uh, more things. I, I wish they stopped taking away things that they're taking mm-hmm. and limiting cards. Used to be able to do yeah. polls and videos. Can't do that anymore. You used to be able to, uh, like Amanda was mentioning the annotations. Yeah. yeah. Used to do, you used to be able to reply with videos. And sure, that may have gotten maybe too crazy. That got bad. <laughs> that got bad, man. That got bad. But 
they're now coming out with things like clips that w- are taking from bigger videos to create other things. So I feel mm-hmm. like they're just coming up with new forms of it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think that there's other things that they could implement, especially that come from other channels. Uh, I wish that there was a way, at least when it comes to copyright, that they could handle it to a degree the way TikTok does. But they're already imitating a lot of those things. So we'll, we'll just see how they yeah. roll them out with their YouTube, shorts. Yeah, YouTube with copyrights is a little bit rough. I, I do wish there was a little bit more going on there. But like because of how it runs, they kind of almost have to wash their hands of certain things because otherwise yes, they become I'm legally aware. responsible. But there's other mm-hmm. ways. I know That's that sometimes when it's blatant, they will step in. Like people like uh, that gun girl, Caitlin Bennett, was trying to mass flag a bunch of people's videos that were criticizing her. And YouTube mm. was like, we're letting you know that they tried to do this, but we don't find that it's valid. So in certain situations, they'll catch it. But like Universal hires some new company to like scour for things. They're not like paying attention. Like Universal claiming an entire video because of like five seconds of a trailer. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let mm. that fly? Like that's, mm. yeah. <laughs> I know this is like the antithesis of what all the Silicon Valley companies want to do. But I wish Alphabet, which I believe is the sixth most valuable company in the world, would spend a little bit of that money to hire more humans to actually review the videos that their algorithms are currently reviewing, because that would be a pretty easy solve to a lot of the problems that are on YouTube. Just use your enormous resources Mm -hmm. and hire people to actually objectively look at these yeah then you have to train them yeah it's but and then like the whole self-reporting thing they got the money for it because like if you make a mistake on the self-reporting they start saying you've made mistakes and it doesn't matter how many months in a row you go doing it right they don't start fixing it they're like careful Mm. you've made a couple mistakes and it's like no i didn't you think i did but i didn't actually i know that's how you got frickered but tell me amanda (laughs) yeah i know that's how you got friggered you got i'll let you explain Well, Art just likes it's crazy. videos about terrorism. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. He doesn't self-report uh, the terrorism in his video about a Netflix television show. Like My bad. Uh, yeah, that should have been more up front. That gets annoying. Bro, honestly, sometimes I wonder because a lot of those were manual reviews. And I'm thinking, did these dudes check back on a video and probably went... I, I probably didn't shave that day, and they looked at it and they're like, "Yep, he's a part of ISIS." And I'm like, "Damn it, manual reviews." <laughs> Damn, so, I, yeah, I feel like I need to a... get a gift for my manual reviewer because I, I, you know, I self-identify like sexual content in my three six five stuff, and I send it off, and then someone approves it, and I'm like, "I gotta send somebody a present." <laughs> you want to know the craziest one was uh, recently? I redid the video for uh, was it Assassination Nation? Originally got hit, it was mm. limited. I re-uploaded, didn't change anything other than getting rid of the copyright stuff, but I still was going to keep the stuff that made it limited. I marked it as limited. They flagged me because they said it was safe for ads. So not only does it change what they originally said was not good and should be limited, forget all that and put it to the side. They flagged me for being overcautious. So and weird. said, this is safe for ads. How dare you? And it hurt my score. <laughs> There's no way. What? There's I, no winning. You can't write this stuff, bro. You can't. <sighs> yeah. That's so weird. I would also uh, add Cloverfield as one of the first movies that I would want to rewatch. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a lot of fond feelings for Cloverfield. Yeah. Would you 
was it just the Cloverfield experience or getting all the viral content and looking up the websites and stuff like Damn, that? Damn, it was all That's of that. It was, part. yeah, that was so much fun. It's just seeing the way that it was done. The you know that was you know I wasn't in theaters for um, yeah nineties uh, horror Blair Witch mm, Blair Witch yeah. you know yeah. so I heard not, about not it. Just, we've got some. I think we've got some listeners who are probably even too young for Cloverfield. Is there like a specific oh, part of the viral marketing that uh, that you remember? Slusho. It was just the fact that they Slusho, um, the fact that they all had mar, um, uh, MySpaces for each of the characters, and the last yes. time that they logged in was the day of the event. MySpace. Yes. Oh, the, oh, and the then there's like blueprints that, hidden in certain websites that you could go into, and like mm, stuff like random so sound, cool. like the sounds. Oh, that was cool. But just the fact oh. that you knew nothing about the movie, it was just something is coming. And then you sat there and you're like, wait, is the whole thing going to look like this? Is it all going to be found footage? I went with my aunt who didn't know she was pregnant. We found out she was pregnant <laughs> by the end of the screening of Cloverfield. <laughs> um, wait, but yeah, wait. just the whole experience of it. I thought it was fantastic. How pregnant Amanda needs more was she? Did her water break? Did something move? Like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> she, had, she had no idea that she was like pregnant. Like she didn't know uh. that. Yeah, she, yeah. My my uncle was there too. That's when he found out as well. Wow. She just got really, really nauseous, and then she okay. just continued to get more and more nauseous. Cool. And it turned out, yeah, she was pregnant. It wasn't like her water broke right okay. then. Okay, I was like, or like something <laughs> yeah, moved I, inside I her, and she was like, oh my on God. the way back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's there's stories of those women who don't realize they're pregnant until they're giving birth, but I don't expect it to happen in a movie. It, it, it happened during Thanks Cloverfield. <laughs> Maybe a lighter question. Tushar also asked us, what is a hidden talent or something we would be surprised to find out about you? Art, do you have any hidden talents that you've been been hiding from the world? No, y'all kind of know everything. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. I don't think I have anything that's, that's, that, that's that interesting. Um, oh! I'd say this is a good one. No one's beating me in a game of Mad Gib. Oh, wow. Impressive. Facts. I had AP European history, and I was just not good at it. And it got to the point where, where the teacher would, like, call me out, just letting me know. You ever have a teacher just tells you, just letting you know you are not the smartest <laughs> one in this class? Yeah. But when it came to the trivia questions before the test, did it? if you asked me the question, I would not be able to answer it to you. But when the answer is hidden in a Mad Gap, not even the smartest kids who ended up becoming valedictorians could guess it, but mm-hmm. I could, and she was flabbergasted. <laughs> One thing you're not going to beat me in is, is mad gas. There, there's just something in my brain. I can, I can guess those words every single time. <laughs> even at Toronto, they had, uh, while you wait in line, they had uh, movies that were mad gap style. And everyone was like trying mm. to guess them. I was like, that, 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 that. I guess that's the one <laughs> random skill that wow. I could tell you. Wait, what is mad yeah. gab style? I've never played mad gab. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Are, what? Are we are we about to play Mad Gab? Like, are you about to play Mad Gab? I've never oh played Mad Gab. Oh my goodness! Really? Okay, so pretty much it's like a word. I mean, y'all can see it over oh, there. Oh, is it but... the one you have to like arrow lurk holster? Oh, arrow lurk holster. Arrow lurk holster. Arrow lurk holster. Are 
Arrow-lurk-holster. Arrow-lurk-holster. Arrow-postal? Arrow-lurk-holster. A roller coaster. A roller. Oh my god! Yeah, my brain ain't like that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These if he'll were. These if he'll were. These if he'll. These if he'll were. These if. The safe, safe he'll were. The safe he'll were. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. Civil War. The Civil War. The Civil War. The Civil War. Yeah, it's Italian. It's hidden, guys. I don't know where it came from. I got it from the womb. That's amazing. I remember the first time I played this, um, I was going through all the cards. I was getting them. Uh, They rage quit on me. They claimed that I had guessed all and memorized all the cards, which in and of itself is almost just as, it's not even an insult. That's kind of impressive. That's also impressive. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is the that's it. That's the only other thing. It uh, wow. my AP teacher started respecting me after the fact, uh, and yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 my hidden talent, I guess. Amazing. That's pretty cool. I guess. Um, <laughs> that's that's. Cool. I <laughs> I played the piano for ten years. Really? I can, I can, oh wow! There you go. I can play you a couple film scores oh, if I if I had like a keyboard amazing. in front of me. Uh, I, I taught myself like the the Eternal Sunshine score because that's a really Damn. beautiful score by John Bryan. Uh, Mad World, the song from Donnie Darko. Mm. Yeah, it's a classic. I'm not, I'm not like a great piano player by any means. Well, but that's like, why I, you chose I, Tom. <laughs> exactly, I guess. <laughs> I relate to the cat from Tom and Jerry. Oh, wow. We didn't talk about Tom and Jerry. Oh, no. You, didn't you have like a bit for Tom and Jerry? Oh, no. We did it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll bring it up in the what to watch. <laughs> for who? <laughs> it's, you. it's all you. It's all you. Oh, okay. Yeah, and when I was young, I could I could name over two hundred countries' flags, but some of those countries don't exist anymore. <laughs> I think. So really, I'm like not as good at that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I was I was a savant for that one weird bit of trivia. Wow. Amanda, what about you? You got a you got a special talent for the for the folks at uh, home? I can juggle. Really? Oh, like I, okay. Like, can you do more than three? Um, no, I'm not that good. But I can, I can do like the hacky sack I stuff. Like three. I can juggle and like kind of like kick one and like catch it in my back mm, and like throw it back up and do some cool. stuff like that. And like the just two, like two, just one hand two. Uh, yeah, and I can play some I instruments, that. but that's about it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Very cool. Uh-huh. Some hidden talents there. And then I don't know if this last question was from Alina or Alina pulled it from somewhere. But uh, what's the best lesson you've learned from a movie? I, I was saying I learned to stay away from hard drugs thanks to the rec room for a dream. <laughs> I learned to wear uh, slip-ons to the airport thanks to up in the air. I don't know. I'm not sure what else. I learned if it bleeds, it leads from Nightcrawler. <laughs> if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one at all right now at this moment in time. <laughs> and she's the one who asked me that. I forgot what my, what my answers were before the show, but... I to be honest, I guess I'll go back to Whiplash. Uh, mm-hmm. Just that idea of how crazy you would go chasing the thing you like the most. That's a really serious answer yeah. to it. Uh, uh, just that balance of um, what you strive for and who you keep around, and whether it's worth being the best at something if it means you're going to be the best at it alone. The mm. cost of greatness. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, so I think that's it for the interview section, but a reminder that you can hit us up in the comments or shoot us an email, intercutpod at gmail.com, or now check out the Discord to leave us a question, and you might hear it answered in a future episode of 
intercut. Before we get into the topic of the week, I want to take a moment to thank the Academy, the intercuities that have already generously supported us through Patreon, found it without us even mentioning it on the show. They are Andrew Christensen and Tushar Sharma, so thank you so much. Uh, if you too would like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash intercutpod and you can, you can get access to our episode outlines, the show's private Discord channels, or even early access to intercut episodes. So rewards start as low as $1.00. Be sure to check that out. Shawshank. <laughs> Wait, what about Shawshank? First That's time. what I would rewatch for the first time. It's a good one. That's a good, That's one. A good yeah, one. Yeah, man. When 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 Andy Dufresne crawls through a river of shit, like that. Damn. Isn't your doesn't your heart just feel warm? That's another lesson too. Get busy living. Living. Get busy dying. Yeah. Great film lesson. Right. It good, is. Good actually. callback. There you good go. Callback. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Let's argue about WandaVision. Mm. We, we're saving this for the end of this episode and for when I'm drinking whiskey because we know a lot of you don't want to hear our Disney opinions. I'm a serious Marvel fan, so listen. Uh, y'all enjoy your your superhero shows. And that's fun. That's cool. I appreciate it. Amanda, admitted fan of WandaVision. We brought her on Yay. to argue with us. She is your voice, but... Art and I have some feelings, and I think we want to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to start it off just by mentioning I was on our buddy Elliot's uh, live show, his WandaVision recaps, back after episode six. And me and my bad Marvel opinions went on there and said a couple things. First of all, I had my dumb theory about Pietro that he would might turn out to be the actor Evan Peters. And turns out he was an actor. Okay, Not you so off there. Out. Yeah, I, that. Uh, I also said that WandaVision is getting to the point where it's gonna be hard to reckon with the fact that she's torturing all the people in this town if there isn't another villain who's responsible for this all. Turns out it's a little bit hard to reckon with the fact that yeah, Wanda was torturing yeah, all these the people point, in Zach. this town. That's the fucking point, Zach. <laughs> I also said that with after episode six, they were running out of sitcoms that they were gonna parody. They were probably going to parody that whole mockumentary style in episode seven and then return to somewhat of a typical Marvel movie format. And then we return to a pretty typical Marvel movie format for the last two episodes. So I just want to say that in terms of like my Marvel opinions and getting those out. One of the mutants getting uh, here, Zach. <laughs> I, I doesn't seem like that soon. Art, what did you think about WandaVision now that we've seen all nine episodes? Well... Look, as much as I complain about it, and I was just, I had no idea where it was going to go, I did feel it was dragged out. Every time it was, it hit two o'clock in the morning. Who was there watching WandaVision late at night? All of <laughs> us, right? Like, so I me. will give it that. It, it, <laughs> that was it like is that one show. Time. Really? Damn. Yeah, by the time um, it's done, it's like 5 a.m., yeah. Yeah, and you are not a person who likes to do the weekly catch-up. You usually are a save and binge at the end person. So yeah, my I, mom I, was spoiling yeah, it for me in the morning, man. I had was, no choice. You were like, I have to do this. She's like, you see white vision? I said, my. Sh <laughs> <laughs> That's not politically correct. <laughs> so. I had to. I, I had to catch up. That's his name. I had to. I had to start catching up on it. 
Do I feel a bamboozled us? I do. I feel the kind of bamboozled us. I feel that we have had fans that no matter what they get, they're going to enjoy it. I don't think that's a bad thing, but here is my stance. We have always said, let people what things. Enjoy. Let people hate them also, all right? Let me give my okay. gripes about WandaVision. They got themselves a hit. Whether you like it, whether you don't, they got people yeah. talking about it, right? I got some issues with the show. Oh, overall, it was enjoyable to come in. First off, I think they skimped us a little. I don't know about it being a series and where we have to deal with the entire Marvel logo, the cinematic logo, every single episode. Of course, it's a good logo. (laughs) Give me a TV one since this is supposed to be a TV show. What what if I could call it? The uh, expansive TV. I can't remember what it is. I'll send you the quote so you can put it right here, Zach. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he called it like a, a, a big... Long version franchise, something, whatever else. It's a movie that they decided to roll out as a TV show. No problem there. But personally, I felt that uh, you also take into account the credits at the end. You know, back in the day, you used to be watching something. It hit the 50, you know, 752 time. And you're like, damn, we got eight minutes to wrap this up. Boy, the kids nowadays... They're re- they're reaching their little streaming bar right here. Yeah, I know. That's, that's all Disney shows, though. Up. That's all the Disney Plus shows, though. Oh, it's just like man. this chunk. Yeah. yeah, they're serving it to you like a bag of potato chips, practically. It's mostly air. And that's, again, another part of it where I felt that they just diluted it to a degree where fans... See, I made a video on New Mutants and how Disney bamboozled it. And I was surprised how many people came in to defend Disney. Thought it gave some good points, but they were just waiting for that episode six drop. And the moment Fiatro came in, everyone went crazy because they said, ha, how are you going to hate WandaVision now? You got the X-Men. Everybody was blown away. Everybody thought it was going to be so crazy. The amount of comments I got on the X-Men thing going, don't you feel like a loser? They had the X-Men all along. Boy, those comments disappeared like the Avengers Endgame (laughs) Avengers. All of a sudden gone the moment that it turned out that he was fake. So how can we defend a show when it gives us this reveal, but then all of a sudden it turns out that's a fake reveal and the same people who use it as a positive now go, actually, no, 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 this is a better positive over here. You see, because they got you the entire time. There's too much bamboozling going on. I think they were pushing and pulling and I agree with Zach. Wanda needs to go to jail for for what she did. I don't care if she was grieving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Amanda, how do you defend it? Defend that. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, that's the thing. You don't need to understand. You don't need to defend Wanda. She literally says it. Like, Monica's like, don't let him turn you into the villain. And she's like, maybe I already am. And it's like, it's giving it to you. Like, literally, she takes Agatha instead of letting Agatha go to jail. She literally locks Agatha as a character in that city forever. Like, that's not a positive. And like I said in my video that released today, so you can go watch it if you want to, um... She is literally reading the Darkhold to try to figure out how to get things right. I'm pretty sure she borrowed her kids' souls from somewheres, and now they're trapped somewheres. Because she says, thanks for choosing me to be your mom. So it's like she put out a fucking casting call, a wide net to bring in some souls, and now those souls are stuck somewhere. Whether that version of Westview is like its own pocket dimension, whether they're stuck in the dream dimension with Nightmare, or whether it's something completely different, those souls are somewhere, and now she's going to do something else to bring them back, which might be the major conflict, or one of the major conflicts in the next Doctor Strange movie. So it's there. I don't think you need to defend Wanda. I am a huge X-Men fan. Wanda is one of those characters that tries to be good but because of her emotions oftentimes and the fact that she's so powerful just 
does things that she doesn't realize she want, needs to do, doesn't want to do those things, and then it just kind of happens. Like, she destroys a bunch of stuff. She literally says many mutants then she says no more mutants and that is literally one of the next big oh that's i'm excited for that house of m yes Mm -hmm. and this we got like a mini version of house of m here like a little pocket of like the idea of what house of m Mm -hmm. could become um i don't think you're necessarily supposed to walk away from that thinking that she is the good guy it's like yes i i thought it was a really in a lot of ways a constructive look through grief and then it stops when she's just kind of like i realize i shouldn't do this we're gonna end this we're gonna say goodbye but then she's in that room reading that dark hole trying to get that knowledge because that's what she took away from agatha agatha says you're super powerful but you don't know things if you had known how to do this you could have done it right the first time so that's what she took away from it it's like matilda it's like matilda when in the beginning when it's like you learn that lesson and it's like instead of what people do but it's what children you know one of Uh those moments so i like i said i don't i don't i I saw a lot of people complaining that they're like wanda's not good by the end of this i'm like i don't think it's necessarily trying to make her seem good but it is her story so you're still going to get that like resolution from her where she's having that emotional moment with vision and, and letting it go but like those townspeople hate her it's not like they try to do the whole like oh wanda thank you so much for letting us go from our torture like they they amp it up like the halloween episode that woman that's just moving back and forth like a tear starts dripping mm. down her face mm-hmm. like they're not trying to sh- creepy sh- yeah very creepy there's a lot that this does super well Ralph Boner, on the other hand, I agree. That was like a bait and switch. That was too much. Like people were being like, some some people are suddenly like, you guys were getting upset about things they didn't promise, which I can agree when people are upset that Mephisto wasn't introduced or Magneto wasn't introduced. Some people were upset that Nightcrawler, not Nightmare, Nightcrawler didn't show up. So like those are things that were not even hinted at. I can understand people being upset when you bring in the Quicksilver from a Fox movie and people assume that you've just introduced a multiverse. Maybe they still yeah, did. When, maybe there's yeah. Maybe there's a way to retcon yeah. it. But even if they don't, and if they do, people being upset right now. That's even is more justified. bamboozling. I know, but it's yeah. justified. I do think that's that's one of the more interesting sort of reactions that's sort of come about since the series has been completed because there were all of these allusions to these big reveals or or hints at these big happenings that were going to happen that played into some of the fans' expectations and also the whole debate over whether fan expectations affect the show, right? Mm-hmm. If if fans speculate Always. the hell out of a property Always. and it doesn't Disney's live gone up through this so many times. Yeah, Disney's got gotcha. honestly <laughs> it, Disney orchestrates a lot of it too though, especially with they like n- this, they're in control of the leaks. Talk about it. Talk they about leak, it. They leak things. Like I this is something I've had conf- Firm to me, but this is something we all know. Like we all know that they're in control of those leaks. They, it's it's guerrilla marketing. They get people to infiltrate different message boards and they post pictures. They post behind the scenes stuff. Some of it's real. Some of it's red herrings. It's just to generate the conversation and to get things and the going. interviews as well. And the interviews. What what was a uh, vision saying? What's his name when he was doing Paul some Bettany. of the some of the, Paul Bettany was. He said. I get to live out my dream of acting again with myself. He didn't lie. No, nah, that man Wait, said I'm say looking himself. Nah. I thought he said like an actor I've always to wanted work to work with. with. I, I didn't read the quote. I don't that. know. He says it. He said, he said it. I'm looking. It is for Esquire's Explain This series in where he says that he was looking forward to working for an actor. And then he goes on Good Morning America and goes, Oh, did they think I was talking about Charles Xavier? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, you if know, you don't get out of here. 
mm. you know that that's kind of the thing that I actually do think. And it's I love kind the vision scene too. Vision and vision was great. Comment, is, yeah. I, I think it would be a more appropriate thing for Paul Bettany to say if it wasn't about a property that is the subject of this intense speculation, yeah. right? Like if this was uh, a, 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 the new Ex Machina, right? And Paul Bettany said that in the run-up to it, and then it turned out there was like a second Paul Bettany. Like that would be a fun, cute quote. But because of the Marvel machine, when you say something like that, you know the fans are going to speculate. And maybe Paul Bettany just said it off the cuff. Nah. But it had consequences. Yeah. He said it based off of, oh, you thought... Uh, what's his name? Quicksilver was the cameo. Nah, there's a better one. It's literally off of the same subject. Like again, they're, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. They're trying to set it up and then also play dumb. And I was like, yeah. you know, as long as you have 60% of the audience eating it up, no one's going to care about the other 40% who sees through yeah. the game that's that you're playing. That's why I don't playing, pay attention which... to any of that. I don't listen to it. I don't watch it. I don't look it's at a part it. Of I the just release. watch the show. I just watch the show. I'll watch well, all that stuff What do you think about after? all the retconning? What do you think about the retconning? Everything that we learned in Ultron is now different. That's not where she gained her powers. Now it turns out that she's it been is a mutant the whole time. Now that it's n- that's the okay. I don't have. I don't think that's retconning. I almost think that's Agatha not understanding the situation. I think that she still she still gets the power. I I think that the powers still are like kind of uh, amplified or at least unleashed from the Mind Stone. Amplified. Um, but, yeah, but I always felt that. I felt that the, once they got the rights back to the X-Men, they were just going to retcon that and the, the Mind Stone is what gave them their mutant abilities and that's why she has the witch powers and stuff because it comes from the mutant abilities, which is why they were the only people who survived the testing because they were the only people with the dormant mutant genes because they said that in Ultron. They're like, you are the only two that survived this and I can see why. It's because you're passionate. It's like, nah, some mutant genes. <laughs> Because they got they got the the spunk. They got the spunk. That's what he said. That's what Ultron said. And I'm like, no, nah, it's the mutant gene. So I don't mind that that much. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, the, once you introduce Scarlet Witch being a witch, it always gets complicated. And they did the same. Like they did like the comic books. She's a mutant, and suddenly it's like, actually, no, she's not a mutant. It's they do it all the time. It's annoying, but it's very on brand. What's your? I know Zach, you hated it, but your opinion on them—you know—the whole aspect of the show is how they're breaking down and be, they're able to homage all these different series and stuff like that. Besides them not yeah, always I, being consistent in being the show that they're supposed to be representing uh, for that episode, did you think it worked? I just, yeah, I just want to add, like, I don't know if the hate is the appropriate word because I thought it was an interesting, an interesting approach to this series i didn't like how explicitly they explain it in episode eight i think a lot of people like that first of all a lot of people already guessed exactly what would happen before episode eight in a way that makes me feel like your audience is intelligent don't explain it to them even if it was just that you see a flash of the cassette uh tape and you don't have to sit down with them while they're literally watching these sitcoms it just feels over explained to me i don't want to say i hated that element though i thought it was creative i thought it was distinct in a way that a lot of marvel properties don't necessarily feel distinct but what it where it let me down was in the lack of the specificity in the writing that if you're going to try and pay homage to these sitcoms don't just try to evoke the feeling try to actually evoke the writing a little bit go beyond trying to do cheesy humor and actually give me character that i i can respond to 
I, I was a, I felt a little bit let down by the ways in which they tried to emulate the sitcoms, aside from Elizabeth Olsen's performance, which I thought was pitch perfect mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. every iteration of the sitcom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did you did you feel like that that TV show within a TV show element worked in WandaVision? I think it did personally. I'm not saying it was necessarily perfect and I understand the com- the complaints from some standpoints, but overall I I really liked it, especially like like I said me and my friend had been talking like, "Oh, it's probably because like she probably watched all these sitcoms back in Sokovia and it was probably one of these things that brought her great comfort." And to mm-hmm. me, I, I I know that that episode felt like handholding, but to me it was more just almost beating her down emotionally it's like we're going to take you to see your parents again we're going to take you to watch through this like the last moment you remember being truly happy like you're sitting there you have a big smile on your face you look at your mom and your mom she just she gives Boom. you a little and then oh my god it's visceral like you see their backs go and like they're dead in real life they're dead but whatever and you just see this moment and and it's I, I almost think they probably could have cut the part where it's showing her like looking at the blinking if just show it a couple times not the her reaching out to the blinking but either that yeah. but then I and I also really like that when it brings her to see vision and her and vision have that conversation and it's to really hone in on that moment and then she you know and then you know Agatha comes up behind her so it's like so dead brother dead parents dead husband and she just mm-hmm. like it's like Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic and I think that a lot of it's hinging on that specifically mm-hmm. but uh I don't know I I liked those moments, um, I don't. To me, it didn't feel like handholding. It felt like emotional, like beating people down. Good point. Yeah, uh, I like the the story when it starts building up in the last three episodes. Sadly, it's the last three episodes where you really start getting into that idea of the grief and you know the. I, I agree. I don't think it's bad storytelling for what she did to the people of the town. I just truly believe she should be in prison. Trust me, everybody knows she should be in prison, and that's why, like, Monica was just kind of like, go fast. (laughs) When Monica was like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Get out of here. Get out of here. That woman was like, can can I just see my daughter? She's been locked up. Yeah, can I just hold her? I just want to hold her. I was like, oh my god. I wish that there was more of that. at the, at the first half, but I know people are just gonna keep mm-hmm. saying that uh, you know it's a series, you gotta wait. There were, still I guess, moments, to me it was. Though. There were there still, was still moments. moments, but they weren't as strong as the second half. And I would argue That's that the fair. second yeah. half of the series was was a lot better than the first half. Yeah, I didn't I really agree. care for the Darby character and all the shenanigans that they were going through. Um, I, like I did like a lot of the element. Is her name Darcy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's an okay character. I um, I, I, I did yeah. like. Um, Jimmy did you like her? No, I was just going to say that I think I like Kat Dennings. I don't know if I like that character. Oh, okay. <laughs> to me, to me, you um, know, I feel that. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, Monica, is that her name? Yeah, Monica From, Rambo. Yeah, Monica Rambo. Uh, I'm very curious Shouts where they're going. Paris, who I've been yeah. invested in in a they, while. I feel Dude, like uh, in terms of that's my biggest area of complaint is how they kind of handled her. Tell me more. I was about to say that she's the character I found to be the most intriguing for she, where they're going to take her. Yeah, where they take her is intriguing. But having this character who you show has literally um, came back at, uh, after being dusted and realized that her mom's been dead. Mom and is dead. You know, there's <laughs> really... Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I got to say, I thought that was one of the more compelling scenes in the yes, entire run of so WandaVision. Good. In, in that also, it fills a gap of knowledge in the greater Marvel yeah, like uh, canon, happened? I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was good, but it was more like she gets these powers and like there's no moments of her really trying to figure them out, I realized, because there wasn't enough time for it. But then it, she she almost just gets co-opted into this role that's like 
I got a lot of shit going on right now, but I'm going to deal with Wanda's baggage today. And I get that that's mm-hmm. like what her character wants to do. And her character is continuously like pushing people away where they're like, we need to take more tests. Like there's something wrong with your scans and all the stuff like your your genetic not like there's a huge anomaly here. And she's just like, no, uh, I'm just going to keep doing this. But it, it's I can understand how it almost feels like a character is being dealt with in like a cheap way. But it makes me super excited for how they go forward with her because she's going she's going up to Nick Fury and the next Captain Marvel stuff. So there was like hints of what they were going to do with the character. I think they handled that well. I just think that uh, there's like a few areas where I, I understand some complaints with how they dealt with her character um, in terms of like fleshing mm-hmm. her out more. Okay. No. But yeah, good character. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, something that I, I do kind of want to outline here is as much as Art and I are necessarily complaining, I think some of that is in reaction to the really, I'm going to call hyperbolic praise mm. of WandaVision. There's a lot of people who are who are in love with this show, as is the case with a lot of Marvel properties. And, and I just kind of feel just way more lukewarm. That's fair. Even though there's a lot of elements that I, I responded to, there's just so many elements that I felt let down by, in a sense, that makes me almost just instinctively push back. Even though, like Art was saying... I was tuning in every week. We're and just like, being Grinches. Sure. You're being Grinches. Yeah. There's a lot to I just think here. like when you have all this access and, and this power, we've talked about it before, the most expensive sitcom for ever or TV show or whatever ever produced. I, I wish it had gone a little bit further into the supposed Lynchian <laughs> setup that it, it's talking about. Yeah. I wish that if they're trying to portray Wanda in this really confusing state of grief, that they were more willing to leave the viewer in a confusing, unsettled state. And and part of that comes to the idea that Art has mentioned in the past that I don't think there's really a single episode of WandaVision that I'd I'd single out as, like, rewatchable. It's kind of a series, you know, in in that... That's what I always say. It's one experience, and... It's, ex- it's so much reliant on the cliffhangers. I don't know if you would go back to none of the cliffhangers. Chapter. And that's not a bad thing. But when mm-hmm. it is a show, you kind of got to judge it by the way it's done. I think it's a lot better watching it all at one. Honestly, I'm I'm more so judging the rollout of having to wait week, week to week. And I know some people would say, oh, well, that's just television. But again, I'd argue that with it being one season, it is. We have blended movies and TV. This is yeah. a movie character that yeah. has now been put into uh, a television series, a Disney Plus series, and you know that's the model that they're really trying to push. And there's no way you could release a Marvel movie and then have nothing else. It would have have to be broken up. What the Quibi boys say? That's the way you got to do it. Give us your movie. <laughs> make sure you cut it up in in, in a separate point so that there's a cliffhanger at every point. That's what this feels like. And the truth is, you can read it in all of their press releases. That is what they are turning these things into. Yeah. And I feel like we're just kind of ignoring. It's not bad to enjoy it, but I think it is more enjoyable if it goes back to being that three-hour project. And it doesn't even need to be three hours. You could skim off 30 minutes, which is really just the end credits and the Marvel logo being played nine times. And you got yourself something that in one sitting I think is more profound than the stretched out making sure they have your money for the two and a half months that the show is playing. That's just me. I'd even go go as far as to say that I feel like if these episodes pushed a little bit closer to the the like forty one minute mark instead of the twenty two minute mark. And instead of nine, it's five. Uh, they might feel a little fuller installments, right? They they might not feel 
like a little taste they might feel How like you, I think How they could have blended Marvel. the first three episodes I feel like the first three episodes like there, there's talking, a reason why they, there's a reason yep. why they gave those three episodes to press at first yep. it's yeah they Great could have yeah. I, I think I've heard actually since in, in some of the interviews they've been talking about since that the initial plan was to roll out the three episodes but there's been a lot of uh, last minute VFX work mm. they were apparently working on the okay. finale two weeks before release even. that's not surprising so this show might not have been quite as ready as we would believe, given how you know grand it looks. That, mm-hmm. that's, it does look really good. Like I'm very impressed. Like I get why it's so. Expensive. It's a full it's, Marvel it is movie a, in a yeah. TV show. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. Like, Two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. I mean, you definitely saw that in that final episode. Um, and I still think that it delivers all of the things that you want within a Marvel property in terms of yeah. setting up. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everything that everybody wanted, but nonetheless, things that uh, yeah. we're still going to see. Re- repercussions of in the future yeah and, and i appreciate it for trying to take some chances i get that it doesn't go so far in the weird direction as it could or so far in like the oh my god but like i feel like it did take a pretty big step away from what you expect from the marvel universe while mm-hmm. still kind of bringing it back into that towards the end i i'm gonna commend it for that because they could just so That's easily fair. just keep continuously doing the same thing and they're gonna they're they'd never stop making money so it's <laughs> commendable that they would be willing to take a chance with like a weird character to do some weird stuff. Thank you, Marvel. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda, does this give you any thoughts on where it's leaving us off for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or or maybe Marvel's ability to tackle TV shows as a medium? Yeah, um, so I know uh, that uh, there's just like some shows that they care about more. Like there's shows that they care about the spoilers more. So like Loki, that stuff's locked down. But like we've been hearing mm-hmm. quite a bit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So like there's just things you can tell they care about more. And that's going to be very obvious as they go forward with some of these TV shows. I think in terms of WandaVision, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of really clear jump off points to how this can play into Doctor Strange and how she could help kind of not help, but unintentionally facilitate certain multiverse things. Like we've already kind of started that very distinctly with just jumping back in time. And Loki is in the time the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. So, like, there's already enough evidence that all that stuff's happening. And it's very clear to see how Wanda could, like, really mess things up. So, mm-hmm. I think there's some really clear jump-off points there. And, obviously, we have Captain Marvel. That, that Like, Monica Rambeau, that's where she's going next. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in terms of TV, it's uh, it's almost very easy to see which ones are, like, the big hitters and... <laughs> It doesn't mean the other ones aren't going to be good, but it's just like which ones to look for to know what's going to influence what's coming next. Right. Maybe which ones are going to play the bigger role in the actual like story Mm -hmm. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Art, any thoughts on how it's all going to tie in together and what this means for the future of Marvel? Um, same thing that Amanda said. Uh, I'm more curious to ask you, do you think, and I know it's only been one, but they came out blazing when they were talking about the Netflix ones, that it's better. Do you think it's better than the Netflix Marvel series we've got in between Daredevil, Punisher, and all that? Because I don't think this season rivals the season one. Because that is, I would say, fair enough to compare. Different network, so what? Different approach. Yeah. And I'd like to say that the Netflix ones did a much better job at telling I want to s- a full I want to say series. that one of the reasons th- that I feel like maybe Daredevil and Jessica Jones, Jones might be a little bit better is that they kind of feel a little bit distinctive too. Mm-hmm. Like 
for for as unique as one division is it still does feel of the same tone as the marvel cinematic universe whereas the netflix shows kind of felt like their it's own gritty thing yeah. but uh amanda you're more of the the marvel junkie than i am so um i love jessica jones i love like it's like the first season specifically i love daredevil I there's a lot that WandaVision done, did that I did really love though but I'm a huge X-Men fan so I'm a huge uh, fan of things that Wanda does and just the idea uh, I really like that they were willing to blur that line of like because everyone was like oh my god someone's manipulating her and I'm like no I think she's doing this all on her own and I like that they committed to that like I like that they committed to that I, I like that it was very unintentional at first and then by the time she realized what happened she was just kind of like I don't want to let this go and I mm-hmm. like that she kind of got to a point where she had tricked herself into thinking that everything was fine and normal and that she was making people's lives easier and more simple because who wouldn't want to live in a sitcom like that's so nice you don't have to worry about the stresses mm-hmm. of life I like that they committed to that so I um I really appreciate that I would say that I like it like on par with those I, I think those were more shocking at the time because you know we were so used to these network superhero shows that weren't always the best and like the CW stuff that was just super drawn out so this was kind of like those are some of our first tastes of these like yeah 10 episode just get it done minimal filler superhero television show so like I appreciated those for those they felt new so by now we're kind of used to it. Yeah. At the end of it, no matter what we say, whether we like it, whether we don't, <laughs> Amanda was bringing up how even in her video she had people yelling at her for the things she already said in the video. <laughs> exactly. It's Marvel. It's so big. There's going to be strays no matter what. Yeah. I know we always get yelled at. They tell us stick to the indies. <laughs> then we head on over to LME and they're like stick to the Marvel stuff. So either way, it just really depends on the format that you release it. The format is yeah. the biggest criticism that I have when it comes to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I know it's going to be the new thing with all of the upcoming shows that they have. It's going to be the way to push Disney+. Plus. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they start managing the movies and this, especially with you know the pandemic having shifted mm-hmm. everything around. Yeah, This one coming out first when it was supposed to come out like fourth to all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they maybe took out scenes from WandaVision to add somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe that's why there was rumored to be 10 episodes and we only got we'll nine. See. Yeah, we'll smart, see. So uh, that's maybe that's why the editing was uh, delayed for a bit. So we'll see how all of that works out. But um, at the end of it, whether you liked it, whether you didn't, I know all of us tuned in. I know we're all going to be tuning in for the special that's coming up, Winter Soldier, all those different things. I'm hoping to like it a lot more. I still think the Netflix ones are a bit better. Um, but nonetheless, leave us your hate. Leave us your love yeah. for the show. Leave us all that stuff down below in the comments. And if you want to argue about yeah, if you want a safe space, come to my video. Come to- <laughs> <laughs> There's costume yeah. changes there, there and everything. There are plenty of people. There are plenty of people to to enjoy WandaVision with. We're, we're giving you our perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully you tuned in because you want to hear our perspective, even if uh, maybe some of the perspective is being slurred. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sound very smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, cheers. And hopefully you enjoyed WandaVision. If not, let us, it, not, definitely let us know if you haven't enjoyed it. But I'm sure you'll let us know if you did enjoy it in the comments below, emailing us, Pod, or, of course, the Intercut Pod Discord. We should move on to our final segment of this and every week. It's the New to See, where we give you our picks for the week, recommendations for the folks to watch at home. Art. Anything you want to recommend that people check out? 
Um, since the last time, uh, I know that I brought up some other recommendations uh, that will be mentioned in upcoming episodes. So some of the stuff that I missed, I, I don't know if we ended up uh, mentioning, I'm trying to find it here, uh, something that both you and I really liked, and it is not chaos walking. <laughs> Um, I mean, test pattern. Really did we, it, did so you and I get to talk about test pattern on intercut? No, we haven't talked about test. Then let's pattern talk about intercut. test pattern. That was what I was going to bring up too. All right, perfect. Because I, I didn't even realize so that good. this is barely getting its full release. I thought it already had a virtual release, but hmm. March twelfth is when it's getting its entire IFC release. So uh, that's a movie that I would definitely say uh, seek out if you can. I thought it had some very. Um, Good performances in the film. Uh, the behind the scenes to it was the director literally went all out to tell this story that she maxed out her credit cards because she wanted to make sure she didn't have a studio exec changing the way she wanted the story to be told. There is some beautiful stuff that's done in flashbacks. Uh, again, the story being about a woman who goes out, an incident happens, and it is how they deal with that incident not just within the systems that play in America that aren't really set up to help people who are seeking this type of um, assistance and, and figuring out what to do, but also how the partners within a relationship don't necessarily mm -hmm. uh, have the same, I don't want to say motives in mind, but again, it opens up those conversations into how you tackle yeah. um, a certain incident in, in different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I compared this movie to Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always in that it is an examination of women's health care in America in a very kind of unmanufactured, un-gussied uh, up kind of way. They're just kind of stripping it down to the procedure of it all mm -hmm. and trying to show you through the hoops that these people have to jump through whether or not this is something that feels justified, mm. right? Feels like a like a proper healthcare system, and I, I thought it was really compelling in not only showing their journey to try and seek this kind of justice, but also in demonstrating the ways in which it both is and is not a healthy way for a couple to re interact surrounding a situation like this i think in many ways though though not necessarily every single thing he does but in many ways the the boyfriend character in this movie models a positive form of like supportive masculinity uh th that isn't necessarily depicted in a story like this so i i really i really appreciated the way that it told its story i thought there were certain sequence sequences that felt you know tragically comical I, I love the use of the dance of the sugar plum fairies to to show them uh, signing into yet another hospital i think there are really brilliant filmmakery touches here uh the use of the red lighting in particular comes to mind that make this movie jump out to me and to be honest i, I think test pattern is one of those films that's really going to stick with me i would not be surprised if this ended up on or very close to my top 10 of 2021 because i don't know i i think there's a lot here i think shatara michelle ford the writer director is really working with a lot in this movie i'd highly highly recommend i think it's gonna be a name that we're gonna know for a bit uh, i'm looking forward to whatever they have next the whole group to be honest yeah 
yeah. Uh, it, the actors in it were a revelation to me, Brittany S. Hall and Will Brill. I know over on the LME Streams video that we mentioned Gail Bean, who's an actor who's showed up in some stuff that we like. I, I really like her in Results. I really like her in the episode of Atlanta set at Drake's house <laughs> where she has a bad reaction to some weed gummies. She's excellent to that. She's excellent in Test Pattern as well. So, yeah, uh, across the board, I really, really like Test Pattern. I know Kino Lorber is putting this button out in virtual theaters, so I, I can't Check recommend it. it I'm still waiting to hear back from it, so I haven't had a chance to catch it yet. But, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I got the email yesterday, and I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, anything else that you would recommend? I had something. Oh, I've been <laughs> randomly, I, I didn't know that Dickinson was a thing. So I started watching Dickinson. It's, Yo, yeah, right. yeah, that was. I had no idea what that was about. Yeah, I didn't I know. It it's was like, so, it's modern Dickinson. language. Yeah, and right? it's, it's what I think our hashtag J kind of wanted to be. Because you've got, mm. you know, I can see that. you're introducing, I see that. you've got this like iconic character. It's like, it's period appropriate. And then you get some like Billie Eilish popping in. And then you get some like rap <laughs> popping in. I'm like. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's uh, it's quirky and fun and charming. Uh, and it's obviously, it's a lot of it's inferred based on uh, Emily Dickinson's poetry and kind of things that you, you get based on that and letters she would send back and forth between certain people. So, uh, and then they'll just randomly throw in certain characters like uh, Louisa May Alcott's just randomly in it. But like, they're like, there's no evidence that they necessarily actually met, but it's just like for fun. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I think it's good. And I think it's like an interesting, uh, I'm always interested by these stories that kind of say like, okay, here's all these letters that kind of indicate that something might have been happening here. So let's like explore that versus just being like, well, for some reason, she just chose to be single and live with her father forever. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this was not on my, like, I mean, it's been on my radar, but I have mm-hmm. not put it on my watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to my brother's house and they were watching it. And I was just like, wait, this is what the show is yeah, about? Exactly. Uh, there were some funny moments in it. So I may, yeah. it may be something that I need to it's, uh, add. It's fun. And it, it doesn't shy viewing. away from pointing out, like, no, Emily, you're rich. Like, you need to calm down right now. You're rich. <laughs> like, it really, like, it'll play into that. That's it'll funny. let that kind of stuff happen. So I like it. I Sounds solid. It. Yeah. How's the girl Haley Steinfeld? Really there? good, like really good. Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. So I was uh, I was very, very cool. uh, impressed by her her role. She she does it well. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, I uh, bought some stock in her career around True Grit, so I'm, I'm happy to see that <laughs> it's paying that off, on the rise off. still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, so that's I think about it for this week's show. On next week's intercut, we are getting into the best. Zack Snyder film bracket talking about what we think is the best Zack Snyder movie actually put in some music videos and short films and even a Zack Snyder documentary yes Mm. that exists on that bracket so talking everything Zack Snyder with a really exciting special guest so make sure you tune into next week's pod as for now you can catch me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Zshevich, the Z-S-H-E-V, as in Westview, I-C-H. <laughs> Amanda, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all at Amanda the Jedi, as in the other property that Disney owns. 
Art, what about you? Uh, if you weren't already upset over the Division talk, definitely join us next week to get even more upset over the Snyder talk and yell at us over at LME on YouTube, on Yo, Twitter, <laughs> every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well over on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we run through the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Monday. And please leave us a comment, like the video. Consider heading over to iTunes to leave us a five-star review, the much-requested five-star review. Shout-out to our listeners everywhere. If you are helping us out, put us on the, putting us on those TV and film podcast charts. Mm-hmm. Just realizing now, I've, I've been sitting with this empty Sundance mug the whole time and drinking out of this boring, clear <laughs> glass. Like, I could have been, like, in theme wow. and everything. It's so you boring. Could've. Yeah. All right, roll it back. Like our Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod. And check out the Patreon, Intercut Pod. Check out the Discord link in the description down below. You can head to all those places to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from Amanda, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, Stolat to a hundred more.